welcome to the Fortress of Solitude podcast. I'm your host, Sergio Pereira. And yeah, today's episode, I am super, super pumped to actually discuss this because there's one thing you should know about me is I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan. The reality is that, you know, I grew up in the, the late 80s and in the early 90s and everything was about turtle power. You know, the fact that I love pizza, I can actually say it's a result of the Ninja Turtles and some really, really good marketing to make sure that I collected all those pizza boxes to get a poster. So yeah, thanks mom for indulging me in all my turtle shenanigans. <laughs> but yeah, the cool thing is that there's a brand new Ninja Turtles miniseries, well, brand new when I say that, it's used loosely, called uh, The Last Ronin. And it's set in like a, a much, much later in the future than the current series at the moment, and it kind of follows the, the last remaining Ninja Turtle. And he's trying to get vengeance for his brothers, like um, and obviously Master Splinter, because they're gone. So there was a whole big debate initially in the beginning of like, who was the last Ronin? Naturally, a lot of people thought, oh, it's Raphael because, you know, Raphael is the most vicious of the turtles. So therefore, it has to be him. And other people said, no, it's Leo. Other people said, it's Donnie. And at the end of the day, it ended up being Michelangelo. So, yeah, the, the series has been going on for, for quite a while because it was released in October 2020. But now the final issue is just being released. And it took two, two years for it to happen. But, I mean, it was five issues. That being said, I must say that there was something about the anticipation of waiting. I know as comic book fans, we hate the fact that we have to wait for series. And there have been a lot of good series in the future. That have, like, Well, in the past, sorry, that have, you know, we, we've thought that we're going to get more issues. And we thought this like, is going to go somewhere. And then there's delay after delay. The creators get caught up in something else. Or they just lose passion for the series and never gets, gets finished. And we kind of left, you know, on a little bit of a cliffhanger. So it's sort of the same sort of feeling as if you're watching a really cool TV show and it gets canceled and you never find out what happened. In the case of The Last Ronin, though, the final issue does like wrap things up. And this is what I'm going to be discussing here today. Because, man, this is probably one of the best miniseries that I've read in a long time. Obviously, we got to draw comparisons to The Dark Knight Returns and obviously Old Man Logan because they're all set in the, the future and, you know, with the, the aging sort of hero type. And, you know, they, they've got their one last stand, you know, the, the one last, one last, you know, stand against all the bad guys before, you know, they disappear. And the thing with The Last Ronin, there was always the potential that they could cop out and kind of say, well, okay, you know what, let's carry this on later on. But there is a very much a definitive end to the story, which personally I found was was very welcome. Because we've we've seen, obviously, in the series that April O'Neil is still alive. Uh, her and Casey Jones' daughter, also named Casey, is alive. And obviously, we've got the, the Shredder's grandson, Oroko Hiroto, who is like ultimate menace like this, this guy makes a shredder look like a good guy which is really really cool so you know it's been a really good story it's, it's been self-contained as well to a certain extent I, I found that this hasn't been one of those stories where it goes in very different directions because you can see oh spin off here spin off there spin off there it's been very self-contained it's been pretty much about michelangelo it's about him coming to terms of losing you know his brothers it, it's about him coming to him coming to realize that, you know, there must be more to life than that and about him, you know, finding a sort of inner peace. And that's been the great thing about this journey is because you can see that he's alone. You can see that he's lost. You can see the fact that his brothers and his father, they're gone. It's, he's kind of lost his way a little bit. He's not the Michelangelo that we, we know and love from before, the fun-loving, you know, party animal. He's now much more serious. He's incorporated their personalities. And like, I, I think throughout the series, you can actually see a little bit of that, that light come back to him because we've seen that he, he speaks to his brothers still, obviously to 
you know, their memories, you know, he, he has conversations with them. And this kind of ties in nicely to like the ending of the story, which I, I don't want to spoil too much, but you will see that it, it really is one of those endings that you kind of, you know, you, you struggle to hold back the tears a little bit because it's perfect at the same time. You're sad, but you, you're happy. So yeah, I'm not going to go into too much. But what is really cool, like I said, about The Last Ronin is the fact that it doesn't feel like it needs to continue. And this has been one of my biggest criticisms of like the likes of The Dark Knight Returns and even Old Man Logan to a certain extent is that after a couple of years, you know, the creators tend to revisit the, that sort of timeline. They're like, oh, well, we can tell another story here in, the, in, in that Dark Knight Returns sort of universe or we can go to Old Man Logan and carry on telling stories there. And I found that this is actually much better this way. And I really hope, I mean, obviously we don't know what Kevin Eastman or Peter Laird or even Tom Waltz in terms of storytelling, what they what they might come up with in the future. That they might decide, well, you know what, let's go back one more time to the last Ronin universe. Because there is a little bit of an epilogue here that does hint at a future sort of timeline. And look, I personally think personally speaking, I don't think that epilogue was necessary. I think it could have been ignored entirely but at the same time i kind of do get the sort of symmetrical storytelling cycle that it's trying to tell that you know that you know history is that going to repeat itself sort of thing and yeah i I do see i do appreciate that but epilogue was a little bit unnecessary and i do find that the epilogue does leave it hanging there the possibility of like well if we do want to revisit this later on there is a possibility of doing it that's it again I hope they don't. I hope they leave it alone. I hope that this stands on its own. And yeah, as as I wrote for Fortress of Solitude this, well, it was last week, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I wrote an article about how this would be the perfect sort of feature film to, to be adapted. Like this sort of story is a perfect feature film. And, and I stand by that. I think that the story is really, really good in terms of adaptation because it's got some real stakes. And, it, you know, again, to draw comparison to Old Man Logan, it could be something that's, you know, final. That it doesn't necessarily need to be a franchise. It could be a one-off. At the same time, it also could be a really good Netflix series. We know that the Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is coming to Netflix in, I think, August, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I think this could be a really cool adaptation as well. I mean, even if it was animated, like, like a good you know, five-episode series, whatever, it could be really good. Something turtle-related on, on, on the actual streaming platform, which would be welcome. So yeah, I mean, obviously there, there's a lot of things to consider, and it might not be. I mean, a lot of I know, especially with sort of uh, streaming platforms and studios that don't like to adapt stories that are final. You know, you always want the possibility of a franchise to to remain open. But it would be nice to see something like. I mean, we've seen with the DC movies that they're, they're adapting, you know, standalone storylines like the Long Halloween, and uh, we've also seen uh, Death. Uh, what's a Death? Death in the Family. I think is coming from us because I know Death of the Family was. So there's, uh, so sorry. I think I'm I'm actually messed them around. I think the death of the fa- death in the family was adapted, yes, because that's the one where Jason Todd dies, and then the other one is death in the family, which is the Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo version, which I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think they are adapting that as well. But whichever way, the point is this: is that there are really a lot of turtle storylines that could make really great movies, great animated movies. I think. And it's something to be considered. I mean, we know that Ninja Turtles is an independent property. It's still owned by the original creators, Led and Eastman. So it isn't quite a, a, a big thing for like these studios because, oh, well, we're just going to push out a million of them this, you know, in the next year or so, a million adaptations because we want to make as much money as possible. It needs to be run through Led and, and Eastman. But it would be really cool to, to see a little bit more of the Ninja Turtles like back on TV in the sense of uh, not necessarily just in animated shows, but it would 
be cool to see like a lot of the popular storylines being adapted because yeah look i, I got to be honest with you i love the last run and, and i love the main like ninja turtles like series right now at idw it is really really good it is something which i recommend everyone who is a comic book fan to be checking out because the storytelling is unique it's doing something it's actually pushing the, that universe forward and not just recycling the same old stories which i think is one of my biggest complaints of marvel and dc at the moment you always know reboots around the corner you know if a, like the writer's going to paint themselves into a corner eventually like well hit the reboot button boop you know here we go another infinite crisis and you know we're back to square one and with the ninja turtles it, it feels like it's going somewhere it feels like it's you know it's continuous it, it feels like there are real stakes and something like the last ronin was just a welcome surprise because here we go. Here's a story that's set in the future. Here is a definitive end to the Ninja Turtles, effectively, which is something obviously fans want to think about. But you do wonder, hmm, I wonder how the Ninja Turtles would like end up. You know, what what would their future look like? And yeah, this answered it. So I must say, this really deserves a round of applause, and I think everyone involved in the project deserves to be proud of themselves because they did a really good job. So everyone. I really recommend you check out The Last Ronin if you haven't. And um, yeah, check it out. And then let me know. Did you enjoy it? Did you not? Do you think it uh, carries a little bit of the Ninja Turtles magic from the 80s? Or would you prefer it to go in a different direction? Personally, I loved it. And yeah, I want to connect with everyone who loved it too. So once again, thanks for tuning in to the Fortress of Solitude podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the channel. And yeah, catch up with you next time. Till then, take care.